0: You are listening to How Does She Do It, Episode 92. Welcome to the (music) Rise. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany, and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you have been listening for a long time, welcome back. We are happy to have you. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at podcast.com. If you want to connect with me on social, I am at Tiff south. that's Tiff with two Fs, and you can connect with the show's account at it. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections. And this week I am recommending that everyone watch the Fire Festival documentaries because they are basically the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme of the millennial generation. And it is very unfortunate that a lot of people were hurt, a lot of people were literally defrauded. And but the, the story is so interesting, and I have so many questions. I watched the Netflix version there's also a Hulu version and I've heard that you should watch the Hulu version first and then the Netflix version it doesn't matter I started with the Netflix version so I'm just recommending that you watch the Fire Festival documentary and if you don't aren't familiar Fire Festival was basically that alleged luxury music festival thing that was supposed to happen in the Bahamas in 2017 and it went terribly wrong and there's references to Ja Rule as a mogul in the Netflix version so I highly recommend you watching it if you want to both be just get an insight into the way that social media can drive behavior even in the face of information that tells you you should be doing something different. And it was just a really interesting, interesting documentary. So I'm recommending watching the Fire Festival. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. If you are feeling stuck in your career or unsure about what move you need to make next, Or if you feel like you're unfulfilled and you know that there's more you could be doing with your gifts and with your purpose that God has called you to, I encourage you to schedule a short call with me. In a 10-minute call, we can figure out where you are right now, where you want to be, and how we may be able to work together to move you forward. If you go to bit.ly slash 10 tiff again, that's bit.ly slash the number 10, T I F F, then you will be able to schedule a short call with me and we can figure out where you are right now and make sure that you can build up your faith and your confidence to get you to the next step. I look forward to talking to you soon. In episode 91, we talked about the importance of discernment and seeking wisdom before we set forth and launch out into the goals that we set for ourselves. As we, January of 2019 wraps up, that is, it's the time of year where, you know, goal emphasis on goal setting and what I want and what I want to do this year has been very high. The challenge is that and I know in my past, and even to an extent, even right now where I am, I have a tendency to put my own desires, my own plans, my own will before the will of God. And so in, in doing so, I don't align myself or, or submit myself to what he wants and seek his, in, his guidance and his, and his thought and his insight before I make a decision about what I want for myself. So that was episode 91. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it. And... As I thought about how I want to wrap up this conversation about our values and this conversation as we lead into February and Black History Month, and as we march towards talking about our professional development and where we want to go and how we want to improve as whole women, one of the things I said in episode 91 was that my whole self starts with my faith first. In order for that to be true, it is very important that I be grounded in the identity that is connected to that faith. And in this instance, it is my identity in Christ. And so if you are listening to this episode, then my belief is that you are also interested in understanding who you are in Christ and understanding how that identity informs the way you do or do not show up in this world. And so in this episode, I wanted to share... Four ways. Now, I just want to say this: Scripture is filled with so many things that are representative of our identity in Christ. Different benefits that we get being in Christ. And when I talked, I called up a friend, and I was like, you know, if you were to think about what would something you what would what is something that you would say that is a representation or that speaks to your identity in Christ. And at first, she was like. She couldn't, she was just like overwhelmed by the question. And then once one example came, we were able to just keep shooting off example after example after example of different things that scripture says is the foundation for our identity in Christ or are the things that we have and that we can stand on and rely on being believers. And because of the the, the time constraints of this episode, I wanted to just stick to Four, because that's the the number that I've been using for the number of tips, but I'll mention a few others as we go through. But again, if we are talking about setting our vision for our lives, if we are talking about walking in the things that we value, if we are talking about putting, living our purpose, if we're talking about feeling fulfilled, if we are talking about understanding how God designed us, it has to start there. And so the last several episodes, the end of 2018, we were talking about setting your goals. We were talking about thinking about what you want, having an idea. In this, the last several episodes, we've been thinking about tuning into checking those ideas with what God says and what he wants for us and what his vision is for our lives. And now I want to talk about being able to stand firm and confident in order to move forward with what you have been told and what you have been given or what you have heard about those things, about how he designed you, about the goals that you have. And so we're going to talk about four different things that will help you, four different pieces of our identity that we should be able to walk so boldly and so proudly in if we are in Christ. and let's start with the first one. the first I guess and again these are this is in no way representative or or complete in all of the things, so I encourage you actually if you are listening, send me a message on Instagram I'm at Tiff South Tiff with two F's and tell me what's something about your identity in Christ that gets you really excited so the first I guess feature or the first piece of our identity that I wanted to I wanted to share is we are unconditionally loved. We are unconditionally loved. And this scripture comes from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. And I'm reading from the NIV version here, which I don't usually do, but I like the way this, um, the way it was worded here. And it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And I am not a mother. And I have been talking to my friends about being moms and thinking about conversations that I've had with my mother about what it means to love your child. And I love my nephew. I love my extended nephews and nieces in a way that I find it hard to comprehend. And yet and i still don't even understand because i do not yet have my own child what unconditional love actually really means and so when you think about what this scripture says again it's first john chapter 4 verses 9 through 10 it says that god showed his love by sending his only son into the world so he that he could die for our sins and to think that we were loved so much before we were ever even Possibly thought of by man that God sent His Son to die in advance for us, such that we would be able to have relationship with our Father and with His Son. It, it's it's mind boggling, and when you think about how much lo- we didn't do anything to earn that, we didn't do anything to necessarily to we didn't do anything to deserve that yet it happened for us. And God made a sacrifice. Christ made a sacrifice such that we could have life eternally after we leave life physically on this earth. And when you think about that and how, and, and believe that, think about how, how confident you are that your mother loves you or that your father loves you and or that your family members, and maybe not family members because they're not your parents, but the people who love you the the ease with which you don't even have to think about grappling with whether they love you or not, there are and that's to recognizing that of course, there are complications within families that sometimes cause that dynamic to be challenging. I totally get that. however, thinking about the context of this relationship that we're talking about, how how nice is it (laughs) that we didn't have to do anything to get this type of demonstration of love. And so I say that to say, as you think about how you get to show up in this world, you get to show up having received a gift that you didn't have to do anything to earn. And the way I was, the way I grew up understanding who God was, I believed that I had to do things to earn his love. Scripture actually counters that the way people interpret it and teach it might tell you that you have to do things to earn God's love. But there are so many scriptures that speak to the same thing that this first John chapter four verse shares that says, we don't have to do anything to earn this love. We don't earn grace. We don't earn mercy. He gives us those things because he loved us. He sent his son to die for us because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the first thing that you should be able to stand tall in, or one of the things I should say, because this list again is by no means exhaustive. One of the things that you should be able to stand tall in as you move forward through your life every single day is remembering that you are unconditionally loved by God. The second thing that you can stand in, the second facet of our identity in Christ that we can stand confidently in is the fact that we are new creations And this verse comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5 and 17, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it reads, this is again, the ESV version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And when I read this verse, I thought about the verse where Paul talks about forgetting what is behind and forging forward to what's ahead. and We in Christ have become new creatures. We are new creations. The old has passed away in the sense that you are no longer limited by the things of your past. Those things do not define you. Those things are real and they happened and they cause some consequences in our present. But those things do not keep you from God. They don't keep you from your future of being able to do the things that he has gifted you to be able to do. They inform your testimony, but they don't restrict who you have the ability to become. Your past informs your testimony, but it does not restrict the ability and the the heights that you can reach based on who you are in Christ. The limitations, the things, and and I was having this conversation yesterday about how our past can create blocks that make it difficult to understand how powerful we are in Christ, that make it difficult to feel like we actually have earned the love that or to, to make it to make that make it difficult to access the love and believe that we have the love that God has for us. And so recognizing that there are things that we have to work through psychologically to be able to fully explore and understand and and experience what it means to be able to be a new creation, what it means to be able to say that you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you that allows you to resist temptation. And there are difficulties that make it difficult, there are things that make it difficult to resist said temptation. However, we have the ability to access that. We have the ability to live fully in that. And it is because we are new creations. The old has passed away. And again, the old has passed away in the sense that it doesn't get, it doesn't get wiped away from our memory. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean there are no consequences in the present, but it means that it is no longer the ceiling that keeps you from standing tall in who God has called you to be. The third, one of the thre- the, the third thing that I guess is on my list of things that we can stand tall and things that we can, can trust that are parts of our identity in Christ is that we are protected and defended And this scripture comes from Psalm 46 verses one through three. And it reads, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way. Though the mountain be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roam and roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. To me, And this is one of the many times where David talks about who, how much God has protected him. Because if you know, if you read two of the Psalms, you always know David, somebody chasing David, his heart is troubled, something is happening to him. He's going through all these emotional challenges and and physical issues based on, you know, his life being threatened and all these things. And he constantly comes back to the idea and to the reality that God is his, is his fortress, God is his refuge and his strength. That in when you rest in Him, you do not worry about what's happening around you. And when you make that a part of your identity, you show up different. You show up more at ease when the world is crashing away. And it doesn't mean that you don't get scared, but in that, in that fear, you can say, you know what, but I don't have to stay scared because God is my refuge and my strength. And he is a very present help in trouble. Um, so we are protected and defended. And we as women, we as women of color, shout out to my men who are listening to this as well. We are attacked as believers we have we have challenges expressing things that we feel as black women as women of color we are often the most forgotten about the most attacked the most undervalued members of at least western society at least american society and yet if i if i attach my identity to the things that the world says i can't do versus remembering that i am that i serve a God who is both my refuge and my strength and that He is a present help in trouble, don't I show up different? Don't I approach the people who try to come at me crazy differently? I uh, it's it's like that that's the that's what I want you to take away from thinking about who you are in Christ. Who, what does scripture say you have access to as a believer, as a child of God, right? Who, what does scripture say about you? Who does scripture say you are? And when you attach your identity to those things, applying for a job is not a big deal, right? It's, it's a big deal in the sense that a lot of life changes may come about. You might have a new salary, all these things, but it's not an insurmountable obstacle that you are afraid to take that step towards because if God is your refuge and your strength, who shall you fear? Who, like, who should you be afraid of, right? So that, that's what I want you to think about as I'm, as I'm talking about these things. And the fourth truth and reality about our identity that I wanted to highlight was that we are covered on all sides. And the scripture reference for this comes from Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 13. And it reads, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God And the verses that follow talk about the belt of truth, the blessed breast, <laughs> breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And, and so I encourage you to read that full passage. And again, this is Ephesians chapter six, starting from verse 10 and going all the way down through verse 20. And what's so amazing about this is that This shows us that we are already protected and capable of handling anything that comes at us. Like we are already covered on all sides. Should we be willing to pick up the armor? And what's so encouraging here is that we are strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. That's what verse 10 says. So it's not me relying on my own strength. It's the strength of the Lord that I'm relying on. And when, again, when you don't have to rest in your own merits, when you don't have to rest in your own strength, when you can pray prayers and walk and work to live in obedience, knowing that God hears our prayers and his desire is to give us the desires of our heart, as long as we also work to make sure that those desires are aligned with his will, it makes so much sense to be able to start with what his will is for us, start with the, the the things that he says that are true about us so that we're not working to we're not trying to forge our own identity. We're not trying to forge and become something that we were not designed to be for the sake of pleasing social media, for the sake of pleasing our boss, for the sake of living out the dreams of our of our parents in a way that is compromising to who we know we are called to show up as and this is not and i'm not none of this is easy however a blueprint exists in scripture There is so much evidence. And again, I only talked about four things that I identified and that I thought were really powerful in thinking about some of the things that we need to keep at the forefront of our mind as we work through our professional growth and our personal development. But if you think about the fact that we are known by God, we matter to him. We were thought about before the the beginning of time then he sent his son to die for us who did not come to, to, to be born until thousands of years later we are we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And that comes Ephesians chapter one, verses three through five, that we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. We were predestined according to God's purpose for us. And it's like, when you think about those things, you could, I mean, and you can go on and on and read scripture for days where you will not come up with, you will come up with no less than 20 in any given chapter. And especially, and I mentioned verses from Ephesians and from Corinthians today, because there is a lot about it. it, Like Paul talks a lot about who, about what, who Christ was and who we are in Christ and how we are to follow and model the life that he lived. And so you can, if you start in any of you start anywhere, you can start anywhere in scripture and find something that God gives you to stand firm in him and to rest in him and to rely on his strength and to know that, the, the Holy Spirit was sent to be a comforter to us that the Holy Spirit it, it is constantly interceding on our behalf and it all of these things make it so make even the challenging circumstances, the very real life and difficulties that we have every day. That's why we talk about the, the peace that surpasses all understanding. When Paul talks about being locked up and knowing that he can still be content because he is in Christ, it doesn't mean that he wants to be locked up, but it means that he's finding his peace somewhere else. And so in, in as we think about pursuing what we want professionally. This does not mean that you should not have ambitious goals. It does not mean that you have to be broke in order to love Christ. It does not mean that you have to, um, you know, be unseen. Right. And that's something that we're going to talk about the difference between being playing small and being humble and the way that we confuse those two. But our identity is not in our title. Your identity is not in your salary. Your identity is not in what someone calls you outside of being a child of God. Your identity does not rest in the stuff that you have. It does not rest in the likes. It does not rest in the number of people who buy from you, the number of people who promote you, what your evaluations say, what your evaluations don't say, what the world tells you that you are, what the world tells you that you cannot be. That is not where our identity lies. And just in, I only talked about four here, but again, we t- we are I, unconditionally loved. Root your identity in that. We are new creations in Christ. Root your identity in that. We are protected and defended. Root your identity in that. We are covered on all sides. Root your identity in that. We are known by God because he loves us and we love him. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Root your identity in that. And as we think about what we want going forward, think about who you are and what you want should align with who you are how you show up will align with who you are and how you fulfill God's purpose will align with who you are when you start resting and affirming your identity in Christ. So I just wanted to share those with you and I will read very quickly the verses that I referenced here today, because I imagine if you're anything like me, I stop and start podcasts all the time because I want to make sure I captured those verses. So again, the first verse that I referenced was First John chapter four, verses four through uh, excuse me, First John chapter four, verses nine through ten. The second verse was Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. The third was Psalm forty six, verse one through three. And the last verse that I referenced was Ephesians chapter six verses 10 through 13. And in every instance, I encourage you to read what comes before and after the verses that I reference, because there is a lot of context in scripture and, um, you know, just, it, it's just really good to know what else is happening around a verse beyond what was just what was quoted. So I encourage you to do that. And remember that you are a child of God. You are a joint heir in Christ above everything else. I'm a proud black woman, but I'm also proud to be a daughter of a daughter of God. I'm proud to be a joint heir in Christ. And I want you to also be as proud and as vocal about that identity in Christ as you are about the other things that make you who you are. I am an older sister, I am a Delta, I am an auntie, I am an attorney, I am a social worker, I am a coach, I am all of these things. I am multifaceted and we are allowed to be those things. But our but what we root ourselves in, where we plant our feet, where we have to, where we have to start and end with all of the things that we evaluate about what we're doing and how we're showing up. It starts with our identity in Christ. And when we start there, the sky is the limit. Thank you for listening to episode 92 of How Does She Do It? I look forward to seeing you in episode 93. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.